Dearly beloved, before we get into another episode of the Deadass Podcast, I'd like to thank Country Trucker Caps for keeping the podcast above ground. Support the people who support us. You'll find the Unreal Caps at thecountrycompanies.com or if you want to design your own CTC hat, go to countrytruckercaps.com. Cheers. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Deadass Podcast. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to our second episode of the Dead Ass Podcast. Firstly, we just want to thank uh, everyone for the support that we've received from our first episode with Nico and his journey. The shares, the follows, uh, the likes, the responses that we've received um, has been absolutely amazing. Um, and thank you also to uh, the people who... DM'd us and gave us uh, messages of support um, and also uh, some good feedback that was given to us as well. So thank you. Um, we'll have a bit of a casual discussion afterwards and uh, from some of those messages and that and we're like, geez, you know, they're really, um, they're the ones that are really carrying this podcast for us. So we decided um, as you would in the funeral industry, the ones who carry the coffin uh, called the pallbearers so we figured the ones that are carrying the podcast you guys are the pallbearers pall <laughs> makes sense mate yeah so um it gets this exciting to bring more content and as i said from the previous episode you'll be hearing from nico uh, whether it be through the social media or the um uh, the, the media podcasts or whatever it may be, uh, you'll be hearing bits and pieces from him. You'll be hearing updates and whatnot about how he's going. Um, as we record this, Nico is on his way down to Brisbane uh, with an appointment with the oncology tomorrow. So we want to uh, send him some love and positive thoughts uh, and wish him all the best on this part moving forward. 
so today um, is going to be something different. Um, we're going to be we're going to make this a regular spot as well in the Dead Ass Podcast. So this is actually brought by one of my best mates, uh, Knuckles from CTC or Country Trucker Caps. Him and I we caught up down at the Magic Round in Brizzy um, for for the football. And we're sitting down one morning, we're having breakfast and we're going through and uh, discussing some of the things that we've done in the funeral industry over the years. Um, now, Kev, to me, everyone on my side of my family know him as Kev. He's been a part of the family forever since we were kids. Um, shout out to that legend. Um, he's been doing amazing things with his work. Uh, with his company, doing social media, uh, social stuff, uh, sponsorships, um, helping out with uh, raising money for associations and, and whatnot, charities. Uh, so him and his lovely wife, uh, Bridie. Um, but a little thing that people don't actually know about Knuckles that before he actually uh, was uh, involved with CTC, uh, starting that, uh, prior to him being a lecky uh, at the mines, uh, fresh out of high school, he actually did a stint as a funeral director uh, with me. And um, I am going to definitely have Knuckles on the podcast in the near future and give him the opportunity to share some of the stories and experiences that we shared when he was doing his run as a funeral director. So shout out to him. Love him heaps. And we'll be in touch soon. Um, but... On that note, we were sitting there and we were discussing about some things and we said that, you know, a lot of people have a genuine interest in things that happen in the funeral industry and uh, some of the things that we've experienced over the years. People get really intrigued and a bit of that morbid curiosity kicks in. So it's fitting that we decided that um, on a regular segment we're going to have a section where we have someone on from the funeral industry and we sit there and discuss some experiences that they've had in the industry. Some of the stories of funerals that they may have been on, cremation services, um, embalming, transfers, collection of deceased, coroner's work, whatever the case may be. So being the first one, um, first episode today for that, uh, I thought it'd be very appropriate to have my uh, good mate Cole on the podcast. Cheers, Bryce. Thanks, mate. Um, Cole has been in and out of the industry for over the last 42 years. We've been working together since I think roughly 2008. Yeah, something, um, like, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so Cole today uh, is going to share some of his earlier career stories. So uh, thanks, Cole. But as before we get started, as Slim Dusty would sing, I love to have a beer with Colin because Colin's my mate. So let's do that. Cole, let's have a beer, mate. Crack one of those. Sounds good to me. Oh, yep. All right. And we'll share some stories. So I'll let you get that, mate. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Oh, I can't. Going to be able to open that? Oh, you're usually the one that opens them, mate. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's get, get a little... Have to use my new shirt. Yeah, that's it. Ride the rest shirt. One of the little ventures that we that I've got there, mate. Paper. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what mine was. <laughs> I don't know. I would have yeah, bitch. I would have bitch you anyway. It was scissors. Yeah, bullshit. Uh, 
I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you can call it. <laughs> um, okay, so Cole, firstly, mate, um, for everyone, your name's Cole. Uh, you've been in the industry in and out of it for the last 42 years. What the hell got you into it, mate? Because a lot of the old school funeral directors is generational. They grew up in it. They were born in it. That's what they know. For someone who got in the funeral industry 42 years ago to come out of it, which I know personally that it's not, it's not through family. Yep. Um, what, what, what got you into it, mate? Well, Brosie, basically I didn't like high school. I didn't like school. Didn't like high school. Didn't like any of it. So um, back in those days, it was pretty common for a, for a young bloke to leave school at 15 if they had a, a, a job to go to. Mm-hmm. So back then, mate, I, um, I was told – pretty particularly by my father, um, if I got a proper real job, I could leave school and, and yep. start work. So I went down to the local, back in those days it was a CES, it wasn't Centrelink or whatever they call themselves these days. Yeah. And um, rocked up there, spent ages there, registered and all that sort of stuff and, you know, there, there was no real jobs for a 15-year-old straight out of school. And pretty much as I was leaving, I had um, – a lady came up to me and said, well, actually there's a, a, there's a job going as a yard, a yard boy in a funeral home, yeah. um, which had been on the, on the, on the sheets there for, for months and nobody, nobody wanted it. And I basically said, well, fuck it, mate, that's, I'll do anything. Yeah. It, it sounds like a proper job to me. Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, so, I, mate, I rocked up there. It was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon when I got there and by 2.30 I had a full-time job. Really? In the funeral so, industry. So went so the initial job itself was actually just to do the yard work. It wasn't actually well, funeral related Pretty much, issues. yeah. There, yeah there was, that was how they got you in there, I suppose. Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the place I worked for, um, um, well, where I worked in, in Kelvin Gray. Yeah, 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 in that area, yep. Um, it was a huge area of land, um, yeah. manicured lawns. Sure. All that sort of stuff. But, mate, within, within the first month I was there, you know um, – the old um, manager at the time, um, doing some body preps. Yep. Oh, mate, can you come and give us a hand? So, yeah, right. you know, they sort of feed you in a bit slowly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, mate, yeah, as I said, probably after a month or so, I, I started helping out in the mortuary. After about oh, probably two months, I suppose, I rode shotgun on the first transfer. Yeah. You know, just going to hospitals and stuff like that. Um, going to the – the old city morgue in Brisbane before it went to um, uh, the John Tong Centre. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, mate, so it sort of progressed from there. And um, I, I, I do know the exact date I did my first funeral. Yeah. <clears throat> it was on the uh, 9th of September 1981. So your birthday. It was on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the actual big boss at the time had to get me a, a jacket and all that sort of stuff because I never had a jacket. I only had shirt and, and trousers and things like that. Yep. Um, so he lent me his jacket and I suppose he just went off and got a new one for himself. Yep. Um, yeah. Yes, so, mate, that was basically my, my introduction to the, to the funeral game. Um, and that, that funeral home that you worked for, was it a large company? Was it just a small run family-based one? It, it, was, uh, it was owned by a chap that used to own Lismore Funerals. Yep. Uh, I think his name was William Riley back yep. in those days. Okay. He had Lismore Funerals and he also owned Cannon and Cripps. Yep, okay. So, so I Cannon started at Cannon and Cripps, yeah. Yep. Uh, now, Cannon and Cripps also had 
another funeral home called John Hislop's. Yeah. Which back in those days, mate, were the Jewish undertakers for Brisbane. Ah, okay, sure. So there'd be days you'd, you'd suit up in your normal suit and then the days when you put the little little cap on. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. But then eventually, you know, they closed John Hislop's down because it just wasn't wasn't worth having the two separate funeral homes. Yeah. Um, yeah, mate, so I stuck it out there for a while and, um, yeah, things eventuated. Um, enjoyed myself, loved the work. But um, unfortunately, mate, I listened to a lot of a lot of people around your own age. You, you get you suffer from peer pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, mate, that's not cool. That's not this. That's not you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't listening to peer pressure from people my own age because yeah. they all thought it was cool. Um, I was listening to older people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. uncles, aunties, all that sort of stuff that decided on their own. That it's not the job a young person should be doing. So, mate, I succumbed to that and I left. Yeah, okay. Um, probably one of the worst decisions I ever did. And how old were you then? Um, I was about 16 and a half. So about, about 18 months. 18 months, yeah. Not, I wasn't quite 17. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you, you, but you, you got a little bit of experience. Oh, yeah, You got yeah, a taste yeah. for it. I got the taste and, for it. And you, and you really enjoyed it? Like you, oh, mate, you I, loved I did. It? I loved yep. it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's proof in the pudding now, as yeah. you can tell. But at that time, like that yeah. first eighteen months, yeah. I mean, it, it might sound a bit strange, mate, but but as a fifteen, sixteen-year-old mm. doing the sort of things I was doing, and seeing the sights that you know I was seeing, yeah, you know, uh, I don't think it really matters how old you are, as long as you you, you mentally can handle that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because man, there's some serious fucked up shit. Oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine it would be, yeah. yeah. And like, you know, these are you know, this so these are back in the days too where you know, um not discrediting any funeral homes at all, that's not the point. What I'm trying to say is that everything was more relaxed. Um, rules, regulations, all that sort of stuff was probably a little bit less there, apparent. There sort of was, but as far as the actual the uniform goes, you know, there was mm-hmm. there was strict this, there was strict that. Yeah. All the, you know, whether it was the cars, the whatever. Um, yeah, mate, I, I remember back in those days, you could basically, before the smoking laws and stuff come out, yeah, you know, you'd be walking into the mortuary with a cigarette hanging out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, yep. It was just common practice. <laughs> yeah. The only time you'd never smoke was when you were driving in the hearse. Yeah, it was. You know, and that was when it had a coffin in the back. But if it didn't have a coffin in the back, I think it was pretty much, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> They're very traditional style, classic. Was it uh, black top, striped e- pants? Everything was black, mate, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it was... Um, what did they call them? The conductor pants? No, nah, yeah. So everyone wore black suits, black jacket, black uh, pants. Um, and back in those days, it was a, a dark maroon, almost black tie with little dots all over it. And that yeah. was a standard funeral tie because... I've worked for other companies and they've had the same tie. Exactly the same. Yeah. But getting back to the conductor pants, or we used to call them clown pants, um, they were basically grey with black stripes. <laughs> yeah. I remember my father used to come home with them all yeah. the time. Yeah. Oh, those. mate, I, I, you know. And, mate, I wore them right up until about 15, 16 years ago yeah. when I started. And what, what colour was that tie, maroon? It was, maroon. maroon yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, look at us now, mate. We're wearing purple ties, yellow ties. Yeah. Blue stripey ties, 
whatever, pink ties, you know. Well, yeah, well, essentially I'm even wearing like a new age morning suit where I'm wearing, I might be wearing black, was, yeah. wearing black pants with a, a check sports style, coat, or sports yeah, coat yeah, yeah. as a way to be a celebrant for the, for a service or yeah. whatever. But, you know. I um, mean, it, it's, it's, I'm glad of the change, mate. Oh, I needed it. Yeah. Of course it did. Even like leading up to when I first got in the industry, hmm. everyone was still wearing double-breasted suits. Yeah. I mean, the double-breasted suits I'm, I, in with the baggy double-breasted. I'm talking – that was like mid-90s. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like – it was always like 10 or 15 years behind fashion. Of course it was. So about 10 or 15 years, a new fashion would come in yep. and then a funeral home would change it. But yep. they are already 10 or 15 years behind. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing was – the whole the funeral society, the, their beliefs were so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been in the funeral game now for, for a while as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Have a look at your arms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, mate, I obviously, you know, I've got a couple of tattoos myself. Yeah. But back when I got mine, mm. they had to be covered. Covered. Yeah. <clears throat> so high on, the, high on the shoulders, on the back, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> no visible tattoos. Did you guys wear short sleeve uh, shirts? With your with your suits on uh, only on transfers on transfers yeah. yeah no but you had to wear long sleeves I was gonna say because you wouldn't have even had uh, you couldn't have tattoos on your forearms no no not at all mate yeah I mean it was just frowned, frowned upon. upon yeah yeah um, I mean mate even back in the, the days you know um, when earrings were a fashion for guys yes yeah you know, everyone had earrings yeah and we all had little hooks in our locker. So as soon as you suited up, <laughs> earrings would come off. They go on a little hook. Yeah, you right. You go and do the funeral or transfer or something yeah. like that. As soon as you get back, take your suit off, earrings back in the ears. And then you go back to look like George Michael. That's it. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Yeah, I didn't have the hair for George Michael, mate. No, fair. He had yeah. some style, but I'll give him yeah, a point for that. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you, so now you were saying before that you you got peer pressured in a way to, yeah, leave, to leave. That's to leave. right, yeah. And how long were you out of the funeral industry before you came back? Um. Oh, I'm trying to think now. Probably about, I'd say maybe three, three four, probably four years, five years, something four like years. that. Okay. And what were you doing in between that? Um, I pretty much done anything from going out west in the shearing sheds as a rouseabout. Yep. Because I've got family out there. Sure. Um, to working to um, QRX in Brisbane. And then another big, I got headhunted from QRX to go to a company called SCT, which is Specialized Container Transfer, yep. Tire Transport. Yep. Um, the manager actually come into QRX and, and dressed in plain clothes and, and headhunted me out of QRX. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, he, he went undercover. But yeah. <laughs> well, mate, I, I uh, yeah, I'm not going to piss in my pocket, obviously. Well, I am. Yeah, but, we um, are. I was QRX's head forklift driver. Yeah, right. Nice. Um, you know, loading train wagons and trucks and unloading. Well, you must shit. have been doing something pretty fucking good yeah, to have was. a guy go, you know what, I'm going to go fucking undercover. I'm going to come into this joint. I'm going to fucking poach yeah. well, mate, he, was, he, was, he was getting stories from all these drivers. Oh, true. Yeah. I suppose they probably all shared the same drivers, eh? Because they would probably outsource contract, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you'd drivers, hear mate. that. Yeah, yep. so you'd hear that. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so went over to SCT and um, basically ended up being one of the, the shift managers there, um, driving the container crane. Yep. And, um, mate, I was there one day and I got the shit for truck drivers. They yeah. were just fucking – they were assholes. They were just yeah. – Trying to push in duck shovel, that sort of shit. Yep. And I just said to the boss, um, I rang him one more, so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sick, I'm not coming in. So, mate, I, I thought, nah, fuck it. I ended up going over to KM Smith's. Yep. Um, for an interview. Yeah. And um, I got the job straight away. True. <laughs> yeah. And so that was your reintroduction back. That into was my reintroduction back into the. Yeah, KM Smith at the time, 
mass and still are. I'm not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mass, well, but at that time down there, they were, they the, were the, the, the prominent. Pretty much, they pretty were much one the of the, the biggest ones. Mate. Yeah, yeah. It's still a family-owned company and still run by the Smith family. Yeah, even to and this day. I, yeah, yep. and mate, I know um, the the two, their brother and sister that own the place. Yeah, and. Um, Mate, I, they, they were really good. They really looked after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, no bullshitting around that, you know. And but, but you were saying like over the years we've talked mm. about before previously, but um, really, like traditional style mm-hmm. undertaker slash yes. cabinet maker style. Oh, yeah, mate, yeah. Back then, yeah. where they were, they were still making their own coffins, making mate. their own coffins. Um, yep. The, and because we were making our own coffins, we had a, a huge staff there. Yes. Because um, I think back at the time, mate, they were doing anywhere between I think it was about fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred yeah. funerals a year, um, and we're in the little area that I was. There was about probably forty to fifty people. Working. Yeah. So for people that don't know, sort of back in the day, where uh, uh, an undertaker was a cabinet maker. That's right. Wasn't it? So yeah. it was undertaker slash cabinet maker. So yeah. usually the cabinet maker were the ones that made a coffin. That's right. No, no one else did it, mate. So the local, the local cabinet maker, well, yeah, became was, the undertaker. Became the undertaker because yeah. he was the only one that could make the old coffins back in the old days. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah. so it was undertaker. So, but so a lot of uh, they obviously converted and went more the funeral director style yes. undertaker business as and the carpentry. They, they start getting busy, mate. Yeah, they know. went the the funeral side became precedent mm-hmm. and the cabinetry became secondary. Secondary, yeah. But what happened was is um, they. Some of the funeral homes still made furniture. That's correct. So you could actually go yeah. around and get furniture, furniture made by the funeral homes. That's correct. Handmade, you know, yeah. top of the sh- well, top, mate, top of the we, line yeah, stuff. They did. Yeah. You know, they ended up buying a, a an old firm, a lo- local Brisbane firm. Um, uh, it was called Bell Brothers. Yeah. Okay. They were a specialty. Uh, yeah. Uh, furniture making, custom furniture, and all that sort of stuff. And it was actually owned by the Chapel Brothers. The yeah, Christmas. right. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, they bought it and then decided to lower their standards. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, and it basically failed. Yeah. So they've gone from a sort of more like high end. They've gone yeah, very, to more, very much high end. Yeah. Yeah. Very high end to more of a more mass produced style yeah, system yeah, of yeah. punching them. Punching they, they, out didn't, the, they didn't like any custom custom yeah, orders, okay. custom yeah. work. Yeah. Um, if you wanted this chair, well, that's the chair you got. Yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, yeah, and so, uh, so that was a nice little bit of knowledge there for people. Like, so that was, and when you went into KM Smith, they mm-hmm. were still doing that, weren't oh, they? But well, they, and truly. they were making yeah, coffins. Yeah. Were they making furniture then too? Yes. They were yes. still making furniture. Um, they <clears throat> they only bought Bell Brothers while I was working there. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, they decided, mate. We had all these staff, and, and occasionally when it was a bit slow, we sped up production as far as the coffins go. Yeah. Just by a bit more automated and a bit. More efficient, sure. Which meant we slid these guys, and uh, basically stand around, not much to do. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So they decided to go into this, this specialty furniture, and the and the, the the deal come up with Bell Brothers. So then they decided, yeah, yeah, well, shit, we'll we'll have a go. Yeah. And okay. I, I don't know the price they bought it for, but yeah. yeah. And uh, so you're so you you get uh, back you're back in the funeral industry now. Yep. You get employed Loved by it. KM Smith. Yep. What was your first job? What was the first it, thing they got you to do? First at thing? At KM Smith. Oh, KM Smith. Yeah. Oh, shit, what was the first um, thing? Okay. Uh, straight into transfers. Transfers. Okay. So you're yep. so transfers, you're transfers. ended up being back on call again. Yeah. So you're on call. Uh, doing and, funerals. And for people, on call means um, you essentially- Like after hours. After yeah. hours, yeah. So you go home, 
uh, back in those days, you got a pager, not a phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if a job come in, they'd, they'd call you and, um, yeah, you'd have to ring them back. Yeah. Uh, to go out and do the, do the, do the transfer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so that's what you started on. You started doing transfers. Yeah, And uh, did, did uh, KM Smith, did they have the coroner's contract when no, you they didn't, were working no. at that point? No, okay. no. No. Was that was that how they used to do it back then as well? It was yeah, it was, it was contracted, contracted yeah. through it, private funeral homes. It's always yep. been contracted. It's always been right? like that. Yeah. Yep. No, um, fair enough. I'm not exactly sure who had it back. Those I've got me. I think I know who it was, but I'm not going to say. Yeah, that, I'm no. not sure. No, that's all right, mate. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you're right. Go for it. That's why I'm already rolling in a second. So um, that's because I'm talking too much. That's all right. Yeah. Can't so, drink and talk. Someone's going to do that. I'm just listening, mate. I'm enjoying that and yep. enjoying my beer. Um, now, so after the, so you, you've, how long were you doing transfers for before you, what was the next position that you came oh, up it, it, It's basically or were, were they, straight into funerals, mate. You, yeah. you do transfers. Um, you familiarize yourself with what, what's a brown there because it, it, you remember, mate, it, it was a huge enterprise. Yes. Um, you know, mortuary, coffin making, uh, coffin trimming. Uh, that's like putting the drapery, the lining, the handles, all the pretty stuff on the coffins. Yeah. Um, they had a fleet of about, I think it was about 11 hearses, um, five or six morning coaches for the families yeah. and a stretch. Then they also had, um, I think back then it was about four or five transfer wagons. Yeah. Um, so basically, mate, I, was, I, I started off, when, you were, when I wasn't doing funerals or, or transfers, I was trimming coffins because that's, that's the first job even you'd know. Yeah. When you learn them, mate, that's, that's the – you're trimming coffins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then sort of you slowly progress after that, at, down there anyway, to actually start making the coffins. Yeah. See, so back – see, uh, for for the pallbearers. Yeah, right, the pallbearers. Pallbearers yeah, yeah. of the podcast. Uh, for, that, for those who don't know, so a lot of those larger funeral homes, they had designated spots or designated – areas that people specialized in whereas for instance funeral homes that we're more accustomed to these days in these smaller regional towns a funeral director or a funeral director's assistant is essentially um taught to do everything yeah they're expected to do everything everything so they're expected to do in the regional places the smaller ones the funeral director does everything he does they're not directed to one thing so they do the after hours so mate it was almost like me starting over when i come to rocky yeah, because I'd I'd never done a body prep mm-hmm. in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never done a coroner's transfer. Yep. Um, Did you just hold you on there one sec? Did you finish uh, up KM Smith and come straight to Rocky? Yes, I did. Okay, so so you were you didn't have a break in between. You come no. straight to. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, so when you left KM Smith and you come to Rocky, what were yeah what when you got to Rocky? What was the experience? You said that you hadn't done a body prep. No. No. What were anything else? Um, I still hadn't done a body prep. I never, oh, okay. I, and I also yeah. never arranged a funeral. Okay, sure. Yep. Okay. Because they had you had people like Designated down there, mate. You too. had you had two or three full time mortuary staff. Mm-hmm. You had five or six um, uh, arrangers. Sure. And down there, mate, an arranger never did a funeral. Okay. Yep. Sure. You had conductors. Yes. Uh, conductors, um, what we call hearse driver, and then extra man. Extra man was the dude in that sat in the middle. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yep. Um, and. So when you you come up here and did you just uh, was it more interesting having all those extra responsibilities or did you actually well, find coming up here, mate? I well yeah, going back a bit, mate. I, I ended up being uh, Kame Smith's head conductor. Yeah. Um, now that was a role generally 
given to someone in their probably late 40s, early 50s. Yeah, okay. And, mate, I was like 25. Yeah, right. Um, yep. So it was like – Still had your earring? Oh, yeah. 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 Just take yeah. 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 Just take yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, two. Yeah, two just, in the same. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's the thing, mate. Yeah. I know it is. I was just asking. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I was just wondering. Um, yeah, so, so you're the head conductor um, yep. and – so I basically, when I left, mate, I was a head conductor. Yep. I was pretty much logistic. So uh, you'd, you'd have like 14, 15 funerals for the day. Sure. Um, I'd sort of work out who's doing what funerals, which hearses are going there, you know, whether they want white or black hearses and things like yep. that. Because, um, I mean, obviously, you know, traditionally, a black hearse. Yes, of course, yeah. But, um, but then they also had a traditional uh, type of hearse as well. The model had oh, to be yeah. a... Some of them had to be a Mercedes. Yes. Um, and Cam Smith and Nolan. Cam Smith, they so, did uh, back in those days. I know they had uh, three uh, 1969 model Mercedes custom hearses. Yeah. Um, there was um, – when I started, there was a black and two white ones, which um, uh, we took one off the road to actually convert into a children's hearse. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. So obviously it, it's still – it was basically what we call a um, – like a five-door hearse. So it had the back doors still. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, this particular one did anyway. Yeah. So, mate, I, while I was there, I started making a smaller tray mm-hmm. and um, I put the back seat back in it again. So you could you could actually have the family ride in the hearse with, with the little one. Now, hearse is major, obviously, major front for the businesses. Yeah. And um, they did not – do not spare a penny when it comes to hearse. Oh, Christ, no, mate, no. And, no. like, you know, one hearse, even back then, what would set you, like, a quarter of a million or something, wouldn't it? Oh, it, it, it'd be pretty expensive, mate. Um, I know, you know, going back again, uh, Cannon and Cripps had a, uh, I think it was a 1965, I think it was a 1965 Chevy Impala hearse. Yep. And a 1967 Chevy Impala hearse. Yeah. But then they also had two Fords. Yeah. Now, I started there in 1980. Um, and the Fords they had would have been equivalent to probably XAXBs. So, oh, yeah. you know, early 70s to, to mid-70s. Yeah. So these hearses were, were, were new. Mm. But, of course, you know, they're, they're not just a wagon. They're, they're, a, they're a stretched wagon with, um, you know, they always put the LTD or Fairlane fronts on them, change the wheels. They pretty them up to make them look a bit more prestigious. Yeah. 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 And, it, mate, it still happens today. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, that's what. Although you know, you mean you know, mate. There's people around there that just whack a cough in the back of anything. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. anything that will fit. Anything will fit. Yeah. Um, if it don't fit, you just move the seat forward a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Or even a Ute. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's another. That's a story for another day, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 we've all had that. Well, yeah, I know, mate. My, ute, my Ute's been used several yeah. funerals. Yeah, that's right. You've had a Ute. I've yeah. had a Ute used. Your old once, Thunder yeah. Ute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bloody oath. Why not? Hey, we'll we'll use anything for a hearse. Yeah. Well, we if have the used family requested. <laughs> yeah. There's been trucks and oh yeah, trucks. Oh, uh, shit. All kinds all of shit, shit eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> leading back into uh, – so how many years had you done at KM Smith by this KM time Smith. before you moved to Rocket? Uh, I was only there for about nine years. Nine. Um, I would have st- – I would, would still be there today, mate. I loved it there. Yep. And I'm not going to say unfortunately. I'm going to say fortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, I married a local Rocky girl Yep. who was living in Brisbane. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She wanted to go home. Well, basically, yeah. Um, family run a business. They had yeah, run a business yeah, family had a family yep. business up here. They wanted to run the family business. Right, and she wanted yeah, to come back yeah, to, to run the business. Why not? Definitely. And, you know, the comment she made to me was, um, 
you know, do, have I got any objections or anything like that or blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, look, I'll fucking go. Where, wherever you go, that's where I'm going. I, I, got, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. I said, I'll get a job somewhere. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the Christmas before I actually shifted to Rocky Mate, I, I had a chat to a uh, another funeral director in Rockhampton <clears throat> who was actually uh, friends with Alan and Denise Smith. Yep. Or Alan Smith anyway. Um, so that was my foot in the door into Rocky. So you, so you essentially had somewhere to move from yeah. from Brisbane up to Rocky. Yep. Go straight back into it. Straight back into it. it. Yep. Why wouldn't you? I would do exactly the yeah. same thing. I think yeah. I had um, two weeks between Cam Smith and um, the other as a, as a bit of a time off. Well, that was just a shift every other year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. I had a fair oh, bit yeah, of shit. I forget now. about that. You've got to move, yeah, move, move all your shit move up here. the fucking house. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, right. Eh? I forget about that stuff, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! No, oh, well, so you're a bit of a yeah, but you're, some of your furniture would have been nice furniture too. Oh, you? Yeah, I'm guessing yeah. you probably had a couple of nice pieces then too that you're well, moving up, mate. I was, I was lucky enough to um, speaking have, of furniture, speaking of furniture, <laughs> yeah. I was lucky enough to be given a lot of my um, my in-laws' furniture. Yeah, right. Okay, silky oak dining room suites, mm. uh, silky oak sideboard. Yeah, um, a silky oak. It's an, actually a Mawson's ice chest. Yeah. Um, it wasn't in best nick when I got it. Yeah, of course. But um, by the time I'd finished it and had um, some of my mates down at Cam yeah. Smith, the, the French polishers, when they finished with it, so oh, you'd, mate, look, a million dollars. Oh, so, so you'd be fucking impressed <clears throat> with me, bloody timber that I've got yeah, here I, on I the back wall, I do like mate. that timber on the back wall there. Yeah, mate, it looks, it looks awesome. I, I, <laughs> fucking, I, you know, that's <clears throat> a nice piece of work there, mate. Yeah, I actually yeah. screwed that into the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for this piece here. Now, you've got a special piece on I this do, wall, that haven't you? I do, just touched. Is this the one I touched? That's yeah, the one. Yeah. So just so people know, or the pallbearers know. The pallbearers. That piece of timber there, we actually demolished a section of K.M. Smith's to make it bigger. Uh, now that it was probably, um, I'm, I'm estimating now because I've tried to fact check it. I've actually got onto KM Smiths, yeah, and um, we can only go back probably 100 and, about 110 to 120 years. True shit. This yeah. So, so that, when we so demolished it, I actually kept a lot of it. It's actually Oregon pine. Oregon pine. Yeah. It was painted. I've, I've stripped it down yeah. just just for your little backdrop there, mate. I know that's why it's, that's why I had to give a little yeah yeah a bit of a shout, shout out, out to, the, to, the, to my to piece the of timber piece of timber yeah yeah what um and I only put it there for shits and gigs, mate. No no yeah, no what, a bit yeah, of nostalgia. But, yeah, well, yeah. I'll make reference to this <clears throat> that piece of timber piece of timber yeah, every now and right again where you yeah. touched yeah yeah that's right <laughs> that? that worked yeah. out perfect it did. Um, so yeah. how old do you reckon it roughly is? Uh, it, it's got to be at least yeah at least a hundred and I'd say hundred and thirty. Fuck. That's all right. Yeah, there we go. Because it was in the eighteen hundred, late eighteen hundreds. I'm pretty sure when it was, when it yeah. was uh, first built. Well, it's actually amazing to see how dark yeah. the pine is back yeah. then too, eh? Yeah, it it just goes dark with, especially Oregon pine goes dark with age. Yeah, well, it just it, that's pretty. Oh, fuck, mate, it looks awesome. Pretty fucking rad. Yeah, that's also got a really nice smell when you cut it. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. You yeah, get you're yeah. making me smell that piece of timber. Yeah, 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 yeah. smell <laughs> this, mate. Yeah. Smell that. Yeah. Fucking rad. I'm not going to tell you to wipe them before I got you to smell it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So, mate, um, I've always had a bit of interest in, in doing timber work, woodwork. Yeah. Um, even like cars and, well, you know, that's, yeah. Yeah. Cars and motorbikes and shit. Oh, yeah. I know you, I know you, you love yeah. motorbikes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, so, uh, yeah. But he, um, you, so you've done, so you came up to Rocky, worked yep. for a funeral home in Rocky. Yes. Um, how many years did you do that um, uh, with that, with that funeral home? I think I was there for, once again for about probably six, seven years. Yep. And um, then you just personal issues. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you decided to go. I, I just wanted to leave. You wanted to leave. Yeah. yeah. Just shit, shit was happening in my life. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, in a in a in a dark spot. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And of um, I'm sure a lot of people have been in that that dark spot. Oh, 100 percent. A lot yeah. of people have been in that that that, that dark spot. Of course. Um, so and I, so you 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 knew to yourself, look, this I need to change. Yeah, I, 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 need, I need to change. I need to change. I need to. My, my doctor told me I need to change. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I, you know, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Yeah. So mate, I thought, oh, you know, fuck it. I've 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 had a bit of an association with. A lot of the florists during the, the because yeah. of the funeral sort of and work. And you build up those relationships yeah. with those floristers. So, you get to see them all the time. Oh, of course, mate. Dealing yeah. with all these funerals. They're always dropping off and you're doing the right yeah. thing. You know, and of course, every time a florist would bring their flowers to the funeral, yeah. they'd be like, oh, oh, can you put ours there in front of these other ones? So, you know, so they're <laughs> so, standing predominantly so there, there. So, so there was a little oh, comp- of course. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. there'd be a little bit of competition going yeah, on yeah. between all the floristers, oh, as yeah, you mate. would, yeah. like any industry. So you'd put it in front of these flowers and you're sort of looking and go, no, once they've left. Yeah. Yeah, just push it aside. Um, yeah, mate, so I thought, uh, uh, so I, I thought, no, I'll go on my own and just, just do a bit of a, a career. Yeah, yeah, why not? But, mate, it was just flowers. Yeah. I was just picking up and delivering flowers. And uh, how, how long did you do that for, mate? Cause you, and you were flat out. Like, we used to oh, see Christ, you yeah. fucking flying yeah, around yeah, everywhere. Flying everywhere, mate, yeah. In the little, in the little Hyundai or yeah, the little, little Mazda. Gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get in the oh, old gets fucked. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Just, just a bit of a, yeah, shout out there. Yeah. The, the, the Hyundai was okay. Yeah. But um, no, the Mazda ran rings around it, mate. Yeah, Mazda ran fine. rings around it. It's built tough, eh? Yeah, I mean, I clocked up probably uh, 275,000 k's in the, in the gets, and that's still bought new. And that and that's, that's just around town, and that's around town yep. k's. It's and that was crazy. um that would have only been like two bit over two years. Yeah, really. Um, and then yeah, retired that one and, and got the little Mazda. I only clocked up about ninety thousand in that, so yeah, two and a half, three years, something like. That. Um, yeah. and then, you know. Um, I kept delivering to this funeral home. Yeah. And um this this apparently this this smart ass dude <laughs> was was talking to his mum, you know, because they were looking for standby guys. Yeah. After our standby guys. Mm. Um so I think I, I know what bloke I, wait, I oh, you heard think you think I think, you know he, I, think yeah. I, I think I heard yeah. he's an absolute fucking legend. Well <laughs> if you ask him he'll tell you. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. I'm and pretty sure pro- he loves him. And it's probably written on his arm somewhere. Yeah, I'm pretty sure fucking it is. Ink he's got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> he, he had a chat to his dad saying, oh, look, you know, you're looking for fucking staff. Hmm. you got this guy that fucking comes in here all the fucking time. He's got more experience than, than fucking anyone that's working for us. Yeah. Give him a fucking go. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I was approached. And yep. um, so I went on standby, mate, and things were going great. Mm. I was earning good coin. Yeah. Um, still doing the flower stuff, doing the, the daytime, yes. doing after-hour standby. How long were you doing that for? In that where you were doing the transfers and the floor, and the Six floral months. delivery. Six months, wasn't yeah. it? So it was around June till late December. And then it started getting a little bit it of a conflict. It was getting too fucking hectic, mate. Because yeah. I was also arranging funerals. That's right. So we started once again we started dragging you into more yep. stuff. So yep. I was Oh we yeah, as yeah, a yeah, yeah. yeah, as a funeral. <laughs> yeah. So I'd um I'd I'd be there at a house doing a home transfer at um like on on a s on a Friday night or a Saturday. Sure. I'd be back there on the Sunday to arrange the funeral. Yes. And then on the Monday, I'll be there delivering flowers. Yeah. You know, yeah. Condolence flowers. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I said to, to Pez, mate, I said, look, it, it's just getting too awkward for me. Of course. And, mate, I never gave an ultimatum. Yeah. I said, look, I've, I've just got to give it away. Yeah. And that's when he said, well, you know. How about come, come on, on full time? Full time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had a bit of a think about it. And, and mate, I, I actually enjoyed the um, flower run and shit. Yeah. Because um, it was only Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I um. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, sorry. No, I, you're I, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, someone, um, someone owes us a carton of beer. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why it's, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah, sorry, Alan. Yeah. yeah so we're in the background, we've got Alan here. Yep. Alan, um, fucking legend. He's looking after the all the media stuff, like all the video recording and stuff. For people who don't know who Alan is, well, you <laughs> probably do know who Alan is. You would. Yeah, you would. Alan, With a bit of prompting. 100%. He's yes. the guy that you see on Australia's, Australia's Got, got Talent. talent. And even now, America's got talent. Yep. One swinging on a pole. Yep. The bikey looking dude. The, that, the, the sort bi- of short hair, big beard. That's it. The got bike. The, the, the tattoos. The funky yeah. glasses. Yep. That's uh, Alan. Yeah. Almost like John Lennon glasses, but not quite. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> the he's, there. Are too thick. he's there in the background looking after all that stuff. Yep. And he's our Googleizer as well. Yep. So shout out to Alan. Uh, yeah, we made a bet before that if anyone's phone was to go off, they were to pay a carton. I forgot that I had another phone in my bag at the back there. So, yeah, my bad. Don't crack another beer, man. Yeah, you're right. Go for it. So while you're cracking that beer, let me just ask you a couple of things there. Um, so so we took you on full-time. Now, leading into that uh, before full-time, you yep. were involved with coroner's work and all that sort of stuff as well, weren't you? So Yes, we Do, did, doing, the, doing the standby. Yeah, so yep. we you – know, part of – the part of this area that we live in, um, the funeral home that the family run here, they have the contract that looks after all the coroner's work. Yeah, that's right. All the yep. coroner's work in this area. So for people who don't know, the coroner's jobs, their requirement is when a person passes away unexpectedly and the coroner is involved, if a person um, is deceased, they whether there's an ambulance there doesn't matter if the fires are there they that deceased person remains in that spot mm-hmm. and the government undertaker that is contracted by the coroner um, is Other to ones, attend yeah. and do the retrieval so sometimes we quite commonly get asked the fact um, you know they might per- the person might pass away and there's an ambulance there. Yep. They ask if the ambulance is the people that do the transportation. In fact, it is not. No, it's not. The ambulance will go, and the government undertaker will come and do the retrieval. Yeah. Once once someone's declared dead, once the or person, deceased, yeah. yes, uh, whether it's um, in a traffic accident or or, yes. or just in the home or, or whatever, yep. um, basically the ambulance their their job's done. Yeah. Uh, the police investigate it the best they can. Uh, sometimes that investigation takes a lot longer than others, depending yes. on the case. Um, and once, you know, once ready for transfer, uh, we get the call. Yep. Do you, uh, how did you go with your first? Do you remember your first coroner's job? Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, Without naming any names. Or anything, oh no, right? no, no. no. Just, I won't, won't do yeah. names. But uh, mate, it was it was just a, a, a um, <clears throat> and that that first transfer was Dino. With Dino. With Dino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rightio, yeah Shout yeah. out to Dino down, down yeah. sunny coast. Not Dino, mate. with Dino. Yeah, with Dino. Yeah, not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yeah. on Dino, yeah. yeah. But um, no, this was a, a fairly big, solid chat, mate. Yeah. He'd... Um, oh, he'd yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Doing, doing some, yeah, doing some drugs and stuff like that and yeah. decided to, to try something else and he just kept going and going and going with it and in the end it killed him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and unfortunately everyone that was there at the party with him just left. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I think they might have ring the ambulance before they all left, or as they were yeah, leaving. But, but they um, didn't want to be in the area. They didn't want the, to be there no. when the person when they when they all turned up. Yeah. Um, how did you find that? Did, did, you, did you find because uh, um, it's a totally different? Let's be honest, well, like it's a totally different experience. It's, it's a different feeling, and it's hard to describe, mate. Because um, how can I put it? it it's it's an, an, an it's an adrenaline rush. It is, yes. Especially, you know, you get called to do a, a, a particular job, you know, when the, when the police ring. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I take the after hours phones too. So I'm yes. talking to police communications pretty regularly. Yes. Um, and they give you a certain detail. So you don't know exactly what you're turning up to sometimes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the, the adrenaline starts going, mate. You don't know what you're, you're, what, what you, what's going to be there when you get there. Um, all you know is that, unfortunately, someone's deceased and they require the government undertakers. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't matter how much experience you've got in the funeral industry with doing funerals and all that sort of stuff. It's a totally different experience. Even dealing with retrievals or transfers. Yeah. We call them transfers. Yeah. Uh, collection of deceases, some yeah. other names. Um, <clears throat> is a totally different uh, – it's a totally different experience as to actually tending a scene – where someone has been potentially murdered. Yeah. It could be someone that's um, died of tragic circumstances, car accident, uh, some sort of uh, trauma, mm. whether it was self-inflicted or whatever the case may be, and actually been involved with that scenario and actually witnessing it, seeing it. Mm. All the elements going through the roof, smell, yeah. everything. Everything. Everything's in heightened. Yeah. Um, it's a totally different experience. And some, uh, to some, it can be actually quite overwhelming. It can be. Um, and we've had people in the past where they've actually um, uh, started at nine o'clock in the morning. Yep. We and take them out. And they're gone by, by They're gone by day. lunch. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, um, but also on that same token, too, and you might be one of these people itself, is that you come in for the first day and you got them for life. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you, you sort of know within. I reckon with their attitude, the way they they handle themselves, mm -hmm. and of course, mate, you, you we, we'll sit around and have a beer, you know, yeah, after course. work and stuff like that. Yeah, debrief, debrief, what and that, that's it. that's what we do. We we debrief. Yeah, um, I think if you, if you didn't do that, yeah, you, you would go crazy on of some course. of the stuff we do. If oh, you just definitely. if you just went straight home, because even though, mate, I've got a very supportive wife and family, of course. Um, she doesn't need to know or doesn't want to know. But also, too, you don't want to things. Yeah, I don't want to burden them. Burden them, yeah, that's right. Some yeah. of those things. And that's, yeah, you know, I completely understand yeah. that. And who's best to debrief for that with the sort of other people that you're actually doing it with? Working with, yeah. Mm. And well, we've always said, mate, if, if, if you've got a problem, if you've done something like a done a transfer or something like that, and you think it might have affected you, let us know. Mm. And mate, if we can't help you, we'll get someone that can help mm. you. Yeah. Um, because mate, we at the moment we got some we got some pretty good stuff. Yeah, of course. And I, I do know one of the young chaps. Yeah, um, he had a bit of a rough drop. He there. did have a bit of a rough drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, unfortunately, he didn't say anything mm. at first. No, we just uh, noticed it. Yeah, you're coming in really, really tired. You know, two days later, sort of mm. thing. And what, what, you know, what the fuck's it, going on, mate? It was a self-inflicted gunshot. That's correct. Yeah. yeah, and mate, he he couldn't sleep. Yeah, he wasn't sleeping. He rings every time he closes his eyes. He got that vision. Mm. Understandably, um, it is quite a scene to see. Oh, Christ, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and we and look, we don't try to just throw people in the deep end. Too. No, we don't do that at all. Uh, we try to uh, accustom people, uh, the employees, to um, to scenes. You know, like we try to warm yeah. them up to them because it is quite confronting to it have is, something mate, yeah. like that. So and, you know, and when 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 we say that this young fella had gone to a scene where a person had um, taken their own life uh, with a with a with firearm, a gunshot yeah, firearm, gun, yeah. um, you know, this uh, would be quite confronting. But we'd been taking him on – he'd been doing uh, jobs for quite a, uh, quite a bit of time. It yeah, wasn't – we didn't, it, we, it wasn't he didn't wild. start on no. Monday and then we threw him into it on no, Tuesday. No, no, no. I mean, he, he'd done others where, where mm. um, 
the but, person's been but you know, everyone de- has decomposed de- and stuff yes, like that. That's right. And he was fine with that. Fancy decomposition. Yeah. Um, so you know, mate, other, I just, other tragic I just, I, 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 yeah, Obviously, you should never assume anything. But um, I just thought because he could handle those particular jobs, mm. um, he would have been okay with this one. Yeah. Everyone has different trigger points. Yeah. Yeah. It could be different things. It doesn't have to be visual. It can be the smell. It can be, mate. Well and truly. Mm. And um, this is why I say to new people, you know, you, you talk to coppers and stuff like that. They go, oh, especially with severe decomposition and stuff. Mm. You know, they, they turn and say, um, oh, rub a bit of Vicks under your nose, a bit of eucalyptus or something. And I always tell them, you go, don't do that. No. Because every time you you smell eucalyptus, eucalyptus it's going to you that. Yeah. Gonna, you, the, the vision's going to come back in your head. Of course. So you're better off just... Mm. Yeah, of course. That's Put a right. mask on and just just get in there and do it. Yeah, because that smell is a unique smell. It is, and it's a smell that you will remember for the rest of your life. Sure will. And you do not want to associate that smell with trigger, anything else. Trigger trigger memories. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. if you do, yep. every time you smell that other thing, yep. you're going to smell that. You're going to get it. Yeah, you're going to get it. Yeah, yeah. and, and that stuff. Matter, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are or yeah. how strong you are or something like that. But yeah. That smell will permeate through to you. Will go oh. through your clothes. It goes yeah. through everything. And so you have to have a fucking shower oh, when you're mate. finished because yeah. you do fucking stink. You, you've normally got to, yeah. And the problem is you get accustomed to it. Yeah, while you're there doing it, you do. You can't smell it. Yeah, you get you get back to work and people well, are like, what the fuck? You f-? know, you yeah. walk into McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, they go, what the fuck? After a transfer. Yeah. And they, everyone just stops and looks at you. And, yeah. they go, and you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, so these are, and, you know, we're not trying to, yeah, we're just saying like this is um, this is this is what it's really like. It is, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And this is a if, part of this. This is a part of what we're trying to get through to people uh, with our podcast and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's just transcending these taboos, yep. letting people know these are the these are the things that these funeral directors and people are dealing with every day. Yeah, um, the, the general public don't know yeah, that. They don't, they, they don't know, know about anything about it. You anyway, know? you know, if 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 people looked out for people a little bit more, mm. um, you wouldn't have to worry about doing mm-hmm. a decomp. Well, uh, not de- de- we call them decomps, yeah, yeah, decomposition. Yeah, that's right. That's that's the nickname for it, decomp. Yeah. Um, so the the idea is like it's not it's it's more of a case of just being more open to it. People are aware of what's going on, yeah. being enlightened about these situations because a lot of these things go unheard of. People don't yeah, they hear do, it. Mate. They don't hear of. Um, that's two cartons of beer. That's two. Two cans of beer, mate. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, uh, I think, hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get rid of that phone. We'll be right back after this this um, brief um, yeah, advertising. So we're back. Uh, so oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, I was no, just you're right. Checking my phone as well. So that spare phone that I had sitting in me thing. Shout out to Dino. He's just cost me two fucking cartons of piss. Good on you, Dino. Yeah, appreciate that, mate. As a fellow funeral director, you should know not to call in the middle of yeah. a funeral or in this case, a podcast. Yeah, if I, if I don't answer the first time, fucking, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll I'm call not, you back. I'm not fucking answering the second time. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, shout out to him. Love him. He's, he's one of my homies. So back to where we're going with. Yeah, the transfers and, and bits yeah. and pieces, yeah. yeah. Um, where were we at? We were talking about the fact of um, well, doing jobs. Current, certain yeah, jobs. Yeah, kind now, of, was yeah. There, so you, so what was your, if you don't mind me asking, what was yep. your first, um, what was your first experience dealing with death? Was it with death? Was okay. it bright? What, did you? It, it, a long time, a long time before I started in the industry. Yeah, right. Um, I lived at Audley in mm-hmm. Brisbane. Um, 
and there was a huge mango tree on a little road divider. And uh, myself, I was seven, and this friend of mine lived next door to me. Yeah. Uh, great family. Um, he would have been probably 10 or 11, something like that. Um, so, of course, you know, young kids, mate, you're up and down climbing big, man- huge mango trees and stuff like that. And uh, we've been doing this for, for um, you know, over a year or more. Yeah. Um, and nothing nothing sort of out of the ordinary or anything like mm-hmm. that. Anyway, you know, and of course, you know, you've always got to have a a rope tied somewhere with a bucket on the end of it to, to hoist stuff up. Yeah. You know, plus, you know, I think that was the first time I made them cigarettes. I was stealing mum and dad's dabs and yeah. climbing the tree. and As you would. And of course, you know, being seven-year-old, mate, you don't realise that the smoke rises above the tree. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, you get caught. My mum mum gets to, to yeah, smoke a fucking cigar <laughs> and I smoked it. <laughs> Didn't get sick. Anyway, yeah. getting back, mate, I, yeah. So this particular afternoon, um, me and this, this I'll call him, oh, his name's Brett. He's a, he was a mate. I know yeah, his family. Yeah. Family, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, up this tree, mate, just doing kid shit. And um, I got called in for dinner. So I've, you know, climbed back down the tree, um, gone inside, Whatever, mm. washed up, had a shower or something, or bath, whatever, waiting for yep. dinner. And about probably 15 minutes later, um, back in those days, there used to be a furniture company called Walton's. Yeah. And my dad was one of the managers there, uh, driving a, he used to bring this old cab over furniture truck home, and he'd park it just underneath the mango tree. So yep. anyway, mate, he's, he's come home, he's gone on the tree, and all of a sudden he's confronted by my mate Brett against his windscreen. Uh, now, it it was an accident. Yeah. It wasn't done on purpose. Yeah. Um, and what actually happened was he's fallen out of the tree. It's gone. The rope has gone around his his neck, but also yeah. he had his arm up. So it wasn't like just oh, around. It was a pure. It was a pure. And, he's and fallen those... and it's just wrapped around and, and it uh, it got stuck. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, mate. My my thing was you know dad racing up, screaming for my mother to get a oh, knife shit. so he could he, get him down and yeah. So that was my first. And how old were you? I was seven. Seven. Yep. Um, and of course, mate, not allowed to go to the funeral. Because right. back in the, mate, kids don't go to funerals. Jesus, mate. You know, back in those days. Yeah. And I'm talking, uh, was that 1973, 74, 73, yeah. something like that? Um, yeah, no. And no. that was common practice back oh, in the Christ day. Oh, Christ, yeah. You weren't allowed to go to the funerals. No. no. Yeah. And I, mate, I honestly, it's, it's, it's wrong. Yeah, look, these days I, do, I I think and look, you know, who knows who can determine what um, a person that of that age is going through or yeah. what they under, their their concept of death, yeah. or mourning or losing someone yeah. um, what what they're going through, you know, yeah, to pe- understand people, that to pe- assume that they that, yeah. that they don't that they're not grieving. No. Mate, I've heard of people um, saying, "Oh, you've when you got kids, you got to have a pet." Mm. Always got to have a pet because um, you know, pets don't last forever. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 the children's introduction to yeah. something passing away that they've been close to. Yeah, a pet. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, sometimes, mate, you get ten years, or I know, my, you know, one of my old cats, I got eighteen years out of it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it's it's their experience on on death and dying, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I don't. I you know. Every parent, every parent's got their own views and ideas and stuff. Oh, mate. Well, it's like anything. No one's yeah. expecting someone to pass away. No, you're right, especially at that age. And you know, because yeah. I'm a kid, mate. And the last time I seen him is how I seen him. Of course. And you don't really want that image for the rest of your life. No, no, not at all. The and like, um, so you know, 
to assume that someone that they that the pet's going to go first before yeah before uh, before, before something an adult or something an adu- yeah, yeah, yeah it's like a, bit a family ignorant member. as well well of course it is yeah yeah, yeah. because things happen but, yeah you know certain tragedies happen yep. people find out that someone's ill yep. but there's certain things that can yeah. determine someone's yeah. passing a lot I mean don't get me wrong mate I, I think everyone should have a pet oh yeah I oh, don't get me wrong yeah. either I yeah. love my boy I got Kobe he's my boy yeah, he's a little English yeah, bulldog yeah, yeah. he sleeps with me half the time and the missus kicks me out yeah ugly looking thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, by the way, mate, how, how much did um, how much did Kobe's nose cost you? A lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah. that's another day and another yarn. We okay. don't need to worry we about that. We won't worry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. yeah no, anyway, so, back back to funerals and shit if you like. No, yeah, right. Yeah. No, I was just saying. Like, yeah, it's so just that, that was interesting my first experience of death because, like, um, and it just so happened that I think Cannon and Cripps were the funeral directors. Was it really? Yeah. So my first in the funeral game comes full circle. It does, mate. Yeah. No, I just I don't remember my first experience of death. I remember the first time I saw a deceased person. I think I was probably about five or six. Yep. The old man was uh, preparing a deceased for a funeral, and I just like walked through the family funeral home down south and just sort of like walked past him as I was going into another room, and I saw. Uh, him preparing a deceased for a funeral. Mm. That's just one thing that I just remember of it. Yeah. It wasn't a tra- It wasn't. Yeah, nothing. Nothing, nothing. bad or no. anything. That's just the first. That's just, the first one I remember. Yeah. And I think I was probably about five or six or something like that. Yep. And it wasn't because I was inter- It was purely because of my own intrigue to want to look yeah. at it when I was walking past. Plus, you know, but as you know, kid, the, mate, your parents own a funeral home. Yeah, that's right. I was one of those you, you're cliche. Gonna, you're gonna, yeah, I was one of those cliche. Um, uh, people yeah, that grew up in start, it. Yeah, yeah, grew up in it. Yeah. The funny thing is, I didn't want nothing to do with the fucking funeral. Yeah, so I yeah. wanted nothing to do with it going through high school. Yeah. As I was saying with Nico in the last episode, yeah. I was saying that well, you uh, he was saying push bikes and skateboards. Oh, and, push bikes, skateboards, girlfriends, and, and, cars, all that. Yeah, that yeah. was in the later years, but but prior to that, I was I was um, career orientated for a bit. I wanted to go and do other things. The yeah. last thing I wanted to do was be in the funeral industry. Yeah. It was actually my brother. Yep. My younger brother was the one that wanted to be in the funeral industry. Mm. And then we go full fucking circle. Yeah, with him, and yeah. We, well, we got full half circle. And yeah. I go and do the funeral industry and he goes and does other things. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny how it does um, draw you back into um, – it can draw you in yeah, can. in a way too as well. Yeah. Because now I look at it and there's nothing else that I would have rather have done at the yeah. time. Like I've done 20-plus years in the, in the industry yep. um, and uh, – it's been an interesting industry. It's a great topic of conversation with people. Mm. Every time I mention to someone that I'm a funeral director or I own the, my own private the, There's always questions. Oh, this and it's uh. the same questions. Uh, but I love answering them because it's oh, always so a great I. topic of conversation. It does. That's how I met my wife. That was yeah. my, I went my, uh, because, you know, the, uh, when I met my missus on the, the heritage balcony there, mm-hmm. uh, I pretended that I wanted to borrow a lighter off her and <laughs> I already have one. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the the topic come came up about what we did, and, yeah. and I said that I was a funeral director, and I strike up that uh, that conversation with each other. Yeah, it is um, always a good conversation. Yeah, don't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so just just for a moment there, Brian. Um, you back in the old days, mm. when I say old days, probably up until about uh, I'd say the two thousands, mm-hmm. we used to get paid approximately six dollars twenty five a week as an industrial allowance. Yeah. Because in the eyes of everybody, no one wanted to talk to a funeral director. 
Really? So we, that was, was that taboo. That, that was actually, that taboo, man. We we actually you. got an industrial a, a, a oh, really? war of six dollars something a week. True shit. Yeah. So they pay you because you're that yeah. weird guy. And they thought, yeah, you're like a weird guy. <laughs> that weird guy that buries I mean, people. Yeah, yeah. Mm, you're like uh, walking around going, oh. Yeah, as I said, mate, you know, there's, a, there's a, yeah. that famous old saying from that movie, you know, I see dead people. Yeah, yeah. And they give you a, it was an allowance for it. It was, yeah. How much was it? $6? Oh, $6.25 or something like that. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't even know they had that. Yeah. Shit back in the day. Yeah. Jeez, that yeah, was really prob- taboo, wasn't it? Then they the, actually had an award yeah, it would have rate been for probably it. Probably up until the two thousands, something like that. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. Either yeah. that, or I just don't get paid it anymore. Probably still there, but you know, I don't get <laughs> yeah, paid probably. Anymore. I want to know about. I have to do yeah. a bit of research yeah, on that yeah. one. Yeah. I didn't even know that has existed. Yeah. Twenty-three oh. years at six dollars a week. <laughs> Adds up with interest. Yeah, I'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you, so now you've been into it for 20, uh, forty-two plus years. In, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, in and out, yeah. Majority and, of my life has been, you know, yeah. in in in, a, in the in the funeral industry. Yeah. And what do you see yourself in the foreseeable future, mate? Do you, is this an industry that you think you'll see out? Yeah, your work of course. Career? It will. Yeah. Whether it be De- this definitely or the, will. Yeah, the death industry in general. Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yep. Uh, it's interesting to see, um, like we were saying before, how it is one of those industries that just drags people into it. And, well, yeah. it, and if you're not, and it drags you in for life. Yeah. The amount of people that you get through, the morbid the, curiosity. That's it. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, mate. It's people's morbid curiosity. That gets them more than they, anything they have in that, the world. But when they experience it, yeah, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. As you're saying before, mate. Yeah. Yeah. You're either in it, in it, in it for an hour or you're in it for life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it – so, we've, so you know, you've been doing it. You've been working. You've been with us now. Yeah, 15 years or something. 15 something years. Like. Jeez, something like that. It goes quick, doesn't it? Oh, mate, fuck you, no, and not you, with you, mate. No, <laughs> shit, no. Fuck me. So you've done 15 years. That would have been hard years too, mate. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> long hours. Long hours. Yeah. And it does wear on you, doesn't it? It but does. Like, and look, you know, people can't, you know, we, we've all got these walls of how much we can fucking take. Yeah. And there is certain things where um, you can only go so far. Yep. And, and then you might have, you know, it wears you down. It does. You know. And, oh, mate, uh, physically, so, mentally, you know, yeah. not so much mentally anymore, but I'm sort of lucky now, you know. We, we've got some good staff and I don't actually have to do a lot of the after – I don't do a lot of the after hours anymore, yeah. standby and stuff. Yeah. I've still got the, 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 the phones get diverted through to me after hours and stuff, but it just means that I can, you know, I get out of bed, take the call uh, – Ring ring a couple of other guys and they go out in the middle of the night to do the transfer. Yeah, yeah. And um, but you know, and it's good to have that social network uh, network with each other where we can sit there and discuss about the things that we've experienced and the things that we've gone through. Yeah, and that we can actually let that hair down. Yeah, and it is well, it does. It's, it, it's good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it, it does get very personal, mate. Because yeah, we were talking about Dino a minute ago. Yes, of course. Yeah, Dino, Dino owes me fucking he owes two, two cartons, cartons of beer. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not going to fucking forget about that, mate. No, yeah, I'm going to let him know when I ring no. him afterwards. Yeah. So when Dino was even, went here as well, because he yes. worked for us for a little bit before he went down to Budrum and uh, Perry and Oster funerals. Yeah, shout out to them. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, um, he actually married your sister. Yep. Um, yep. Down in the vineyards in Victoria, was it? Oh, yeah, Where'd we like go? Um, it was Melbourne, I think. Well, okay, yeah, yeah there we go. That'll so, do. Yeah, so Victoria, yeah, some of that. So in that in that general area. So when you work in a funeral home like this, especially yeah. a rural, 
yes. funeral home. Don't get me wrong. I'll get nothing. It's, it's, I'd rather work in, in a place like this than work in a big Well, you recognise more for your work, the things that you do yeah. around here. And it is also, it's a bit more tight-knit. It is. You know. Because, um, mate, we've been through a yeah. fucking shitloads. Yeah, of course, definitely. Yeah. You know, like I noticed like uh, I've got, you know, I've gone down over the years and done some training down some major prominent funeral homes down mm. in uh, Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, one of the largest ones in um, the largest family-run funeral home in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Um, very high standards, great yep. system that they have in place. Mm-hmm. Very professional, um, amazing stuff. You know, they're, they're doing 40, 50 funerals a Friday, yeah, every yeah, Friday. Yeah. The Friday, fr- just one day, Friday yeah. they're doing 40, 50 funerals yeah. a day. Um, so the, 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 the amount of stuff that they do is amazing. Mm. But essentially what you're doing is you're working like shift work. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just I'm I'm gonna go to the beer, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. mate. Help yourself. Uh, so, but essentially, it's not the same as like these little tight knit, family run funeral homes. Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, where you build up those close relationships, those personal. Yeah, no one, no one knows anyone. People. Yeah, you know, of course. You, you might yeah. know half a dozen people, like in this, these big ones where there's you know 40, 50, 60 people working, yes. hundred people working there. Of course, you're in your own little group. Because um, they're the only ones you're working with. Yes, that's exactly Whereas, right. Whereas, uh, mate, up here, you know, there's what, probably, I don't know, was there six or seven of us, including the office? Seven, eight? Yeah, the so, it's a little, so it's a little run family home, yeah. funeral home. Family run funeral home. Yeah. Um, I mean, our numbers are pretty good. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. considering. Considering um, the amount of staff we've got compared to um, the big ones down in Brizzy. Yes, that's that right. That have got, statistically, you know, yes. 50 staff, 60 staff. Yeah. We're actually doing more funerals than them. Yeah, that's right. On in, a scale. in percentages and stuff, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so you know, so you build up those personal relationships with with everyone there, and you and essentially you become like a family itself. You do, yeah. Well, no, but and on like, a non non relationship yeah, basis, it's just yeah. a family itself. You become because you spend so many hours together. Of course, we, get, we know what each we, other's are doing. You know? Oh, of course it is, but also too like did you I actually give you a shout out before it's your birthday today? Did I, did I say something? No, happy you birthday, didn't. mate. Yeah, yeah thanks, happy birthday, mate. Bro. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for that, brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember when your birthday was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you you build up these little uh, relationships, and yeah. they become like a family in itself. And yeah, we do, and, mate. Yeah. And it is it is uh, appropriate too to also be able to sit back and when the when the going does get tough and you do go through those rough times mm-hmm. where you have you know because they can wear you down of course uh, can. you know constant dealing with death constant dealing of mourning people mourning mm. the, the loss of someone tragic circumstances young people um it it, it does wear you down mate. Yeah. and it's very important to be able to express that with yeah. that with those people but also have a great support network on the other end on the well. inside yeah yeah, on, yeah on no, and i'm not extending yeah. this to the family to your own families no, i'm talking no. about the people that you work yeah, with. yeah yeah because they're the ones that see it and they're the ones that understand I it agree 100 yeah. now it may be a little bit different if your family are building the funeral industry as well but when mm. if but if it's just it's very important to have that tight knit, just because that stuff can be very confronting, and it can go through. Um, it can go through you pretty quickly. Oh, it can. can wear you down. Mate, your, your mind, your mind is so fragile. A hundred percent. You know, it, it doesn't matter what you do in life, whether yeah. it be funeral industry or, or uh, you drive a truck or you, uh, I don't know, sell ice creams. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, there, there's things that trigger. Of course. Um, yeah, no one knows, mate, what goes on <clears throat> through someone's mind. And I don't care what sort of degrees you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you you can't you you really shouldn't be giving 
certain advice, I don't think, anyway. Well, I, I wouldn't say... Life-changing advice. I wouldn't say advice. I'd say just an ear to listen to. That's it. That's mm. all people want, mate. Mm. Uh, um, someone said to me something, the best thing. I can't remember who it was, but they said, don't give advice, just offer something. Just offer mm. yourself for someone to listen. Like, to be someone to listen to. Yep, yep. You know, like, be, offer an ear out. Yeah, offer so an ear. people can yep. um, talk to you. Yep. I can't remember exactly what the words were, but I just remember saying that. And that's so true, the word. Because I think that's very dangerous offering advice to people on what they should do. Sure is. But to be able to sit there and just say, hey, look, man, if you're ever struggling or anything that's going on, just just give me a call, bro. Yep. Just have a chat to me, man. We'll have a – well, I'll, I'm happy to listen. I'm happy yep. to listen to what you have to say. Yep. You know? So uh, so, so that's – I've just got to send a quick text if that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, man. Just in the middle of our conversation. That's all right. Yeah, it's yeah, work-related. Right. Fucking work-related, yeah. man. No, no, that's it. And that's another thing that people don't understand too. So like Cole was saying, like I just need to send a quick text. Like you're on the clock 24 Always, yeah. hours, seven days a week. Yeah. There is no there is no time where death takes a rest. No, you know, it doesn't, death's, like, mate. death's going, you know what? We'll yeah. resume yeah. death at yeah. 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. So our, 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 our office closes <laughs> at 4. Yeah. So, so, so death will I, reopen yeah. at 9 a.m. tomorrow. So the office phones get diverted to me. Mm. So then I've got do my day stuff, then the office phones get yeah. So, yeah. No, but well, the point I'm trying to make is is that we're always on the clock. <laughs> always, it's a 24 hour job. Of course it is, yeah, yeah. In a sense, yeah. So just because the office closes yeah. doesn't mean that the no, the doors don't shut. Yeah. No, yeah. So there is the after hours crew. There's the after hours phone. Yep. Um, the phone is every funeral home, and you'd be a fucking idiot not to oh. um, have a 24 hour number have where to. people yep. can um, contact you. Uh, so that you can organise yeah. uh, to bring those people into your care. Um, so that so that's one thing too that people don't understand. Um, that and and it's good to enlighten this with people as well, mm. and enlighten them with the pallbearers. Yep. Um, so I'd like to just say something too. Um, if if someone does ring at like one or two in the morning, and I sound a bit grumpy or whatever, it's because I'm tired. Yeah. I've got. I'm not. I'm not disrespecting the person calling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're waking up, and if I ask to repeat yourself, because you know that they, they, they're 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 doing their eight hour shift or something. Yeah, but it might not just be that person. It might also be a person. It might be a family member. It could be, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like that, and look, you know, it's we're not being rude or anything no, like that. It's no, just that people no. are going through in heightened motions. Yeah, they don't understand. No. They they call us and we're like, oh, hang on, can sorry, I, hang I just got to I just got to get a pen. Hang on, or then a, a, I fucking you know. stand on the cat. The cat's yeah, going yeah, the off. Cat's the missus is fucking yelling at yeah. me. I'm like trying to get the fucking yeah. pen and the paper. You don't want to turn the light on to disturb <laughs> yeah. the missus, mate. So yeah. you're, you're banging to the bloody wardrobe yeah. door because yeah. it's left open. You know, cat's yelling at you. Fucking wow. Yeah, you got all that shit going on. No, but also too like you know so. And the seriousness of it as well. You know, you're dealing with people that are in heightened emotions. The person's mm. passed away. You know, everything um, is um, clocked as well. So when when we make bookings and we make mm-hmm. appointments for funerals and arrangements and all this sort of stuff, if the person is, we can't just turn around and just say, "Oh, look, you know what? Mm. I'm feeling a little bit shit today." Yeah, uh, yeah. Can we make the appointment twelve we instead of eleven? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't matter. You yep. fucking harden up, and yep. you got to go you gotta and do, do it. it. That's right. Doesn't matter if you lose, if you lost a fucking leg, you got to yep. go and do it. Yep. The appointment's eleven. You're there at eleven. You're there, yeah. Everything, everything is, everything is. There's no, there is. Everything's no, on time slots. Yeah, it has to be on time slots. Yep. So there's no. 
there's no, this isn't just make an appointment to go and see a professional service. And if you can't make it out, it doesn't matter. We'll yeah. rebook it next week. Yeah. No. You're, not, you're not taking your car for a wheel on or something. Like, yeah. Oh, no, if I, get, yeah, I couldn't be bothered today. Oh, can I ring and, and rebook for tomorrow or something? Like, yeah. No. No. It, that, it's, it's now. It's, it's this. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, that's another thing too is that, you know, the stresses of having to deal with being on time with things and stuff, that can obviously wear you down as well. Yeah. But, you know, so just to sort of uh, round up this afternoon, Cole, mm-hmm. uh, what uh, any other – anything else in as far as the transfers at the moment? Because like I said to you uh, at the start of this podcast, I said, look, we'll share some stories yep. that we've experienced over the years. We've gone through, we've heard some of your um, early career, yep. later career, sort of your early experiences with dealing with death. Now you're at this end um, – been you know part of us for 15 years uh you've been i would say mainly the main the main face behind the coroner's work this in these years now um dealing with coroner's work dealing with the police um being under their instructions to do retrievals of deceased is there anything that sort of pops out to you um, that, that you've dealt with over the years. Are you talking about just just work, just, or just, you, just, a, just, just, a, just a job, just to give people a particular, out, a particular like just, transfer. Yeah, just uh, well, just give us a run through. So right. because we've been sitting here, yeah, yeah, staying things just, that we've been going yeah. through, and people don't right. really understand. So you get so what happens is Mate, you've I'll, got you've I'll, got you've got the phone call. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what happens is you're at home. Yep, the police ring comms ring they say hey look we've got i'm pretty sure it's a 501 or code or yeah, something 501, like that. yeah so people you might be hearing them over the radio you yep. might hear a 501 or something like that you get a phone call they say hey look mate this is what uh, a person's passed away and they'll give you a brief description mm-hmm. so run through with us what would happen there okay can i i just refer to one particular transfer yeah yeah you don't have to mention names or anything, uh, definitely just, won't yeah. predict there'll yeah. be no names there'll be no district there'll be no area there'll be no nothing yeah and it just so happened that my son yeah, and sure. it's probably the worst, one of the worst transfers I've ever done. Yeah, sure. Okay. Unfortunately, it was a, um, it was a heavy vehicle. Yep. <clears throat> that had that had rolled and caught fire. Yep. Um. So, mate, we had. Um, okay, so I get the call. All I'm told is, it it, it it's an incident. It's very brief. Very. The, yeah. The, the initial call is very brief. Yeah. They just give you a real yeah. basic description. They give you basically. A rough idea where it is, especially mm-hmm. if it's on the highway somewhere or, or whatever. If it's a street address, they'll give you a street address. Yeah. But um, so I got the call and it was just, you know, my, my son was actually on standby with us as well for a while. Um, so Tom and myself, you know, come down to work, get changed into our, our suits, whatever. Because yeah. back in those days, mate, we were still wearing bloody fucking yeah, suits. Yeah, that's it. And like, like we, coroner's transfers. Yeah, and even coroner's jobs. We weren't wearing yeah, anything no. that would be glasses, overalls or anything. Yeah. We were wearing fucking suits, suits with black shoes. Like Middle of summer, le- mate. Leather soles. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, mate, we, we rocked up to the scene. You know, the, yep. the, the it, it's closed. No trap. There's no nothing cutting through. Um, we got there. Um, unfortunately, the truck was upside down and burned out. Um, and there was a couple of the big heavy, heavy uh, tow truck mobs. Yep. There was two of those where they've actually had to stretch the cab open. Yeah. So we could get into it. Sure. And um, um, so, mate, we were we were trying to. We had a um, obviously we use body bags on the coronial transfers because once everything's in there, it has to be security sealed. Yeah. So it can't be disturbed until it gets to the um, pathologist for, yes. for, for post mortem or forensic. 
testing and stuff. Um, so we've got this the body bag laid out next to the upside down burnout truck, and my son and myself are inside the truck trying to work out what is what what is what yeah yeah and um it it just took us so long it was the middle of summer we're wearing suits yeah and mate it was just that was, as i said that was one of the worst ones i've ever done yeah only because well for us you know in the industry because it was so awkward yes and it was so hot yes um and it is pretty confronting of course it is um yeah mate so that was yeah so my son's claim to fame is he's done the worst transfer ever with his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's fair enough, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah bloody oath. Um, so that um, – and how long were you doing – how long was that before you – how long have you been doing coroner's transfers before that one happened? Oh, I, I had been doing it for a little while. Yeah, so you yeah. were accustomed so, – so to I was people, accustomed to it, yeah. To give people – And the, also the, my son to, was accustomed to it. Even yeah, though, so to give the pallbearers uh, – An idea, yeah. An idea. You weren't – it wasn't your first day on oh, the job. No, You've no, been doing no, it for a no, while. Yeah. Your son had obviously been doing it for a yeah, while. Yeah, So they, they you guys <clears> had He'd been used to a lot of other stuff as well. And, and it, as we always say, you know, whether it's a decomposition or something like that, we um, – you, you, you never get accustomed to it. Yeah, no. But you build up a tolerance. You do, yeah. Just a bit of a mind, a mental yeah. tolerance. A mental tolerance, yeah. You don't like doing it, mate. You, you wish it never happened no. to this poor person. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the same with, a, with, a, with an accident or a, a traffic crash sort of mm. thing or whatever it is, mate, yeah. Mm. Um, you, you just don't know if they – it's just always that what if. Yeah, yeah. You know, what if they made yeah. a phone call before they passed away in the house where yeah. no one found them for – Oh, yeah, mate. Or it's a traffic action, yeah. Yeah. Were they, were they, and I might, you know, they go on about mobile phones and stuff. Yeah, mobile phones are bad when you're driving, but so is tuning your radio. Yeah. Anything that's going to be Or reaching down for a a bottle of water out of the, out of your console or whatever, you know, there's all these little bits and pieces, mate, that contribute to it. I'm not saying talking on the phone's right. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a lot more to driving Mm. than just not touching a mobile phone. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. No, mate, I, yeah, it was just um, interesting to see, like we were saying before, that what certain trigger points um, will affect uh, the type of transfer that you do as well. Yeah. Because, you know, like we are saying with the young fellas, a bit of a different scenario there. Mm. Yours and Tom's saying yeah, that yeah, um, yep, yep. it was that one. But that, mate, just to give people a little bit of an insight um, to some of the uh, to some of the coroner's work that we do do um, on a regular basis. We will inform, we will get you back on, we'll get other industry people in to go through and share some of those stories yeah. and those memories. A bit of experiences. Experiences yeah, yeah. that are dealt with over the years. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be coroner's work. It can no, be. No. It can be funerals. It can yep. be just... Um, certain things that we've had to attend, mm-hmm. that we've been involved in. It could be their own personal experiences of dealing with death. It doesn't have to be a funeral-related thing no. itself. Uh, from a professional point of view, it can be a personal thing as well. Yep. But um, Yeah, and as you know yourself, mate, there's a lot of personal shit in there. Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And everyone goes. We've been through a lot of personal shit. Oh, of course. Shit, yeah. And that's it. And that's, and that, but that's it. Like When one person goes through something, we all go yeah. through something we at do, that yeah. point as well. Yeah. But, mate, um, thanks, 
a fucking million for um, joining me today and sharing some of your personal experiences going through the industry, um, sharing some of your earlier things, one of your personal transfers Mm. itself. Um, So uh, once again, uh, as I was saying in the previous episode, my wife was the one that came up with the whole thing, the name of this podcast, Uh, and then sitting down with – my good mate Knuckles talking about uh, this segment that we're going to have regularly. Yep. Um, I was speaking to Christy at lunch today, actually, and she said, um, why don't you call that segment Tales from the Grave? Tales so from the grave, yeah. what do you reckon? We'll go with that one? Yeah, we'll stick Tales, with yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tales yeah. from the Grave. So I reckon that's what we're going to well, call this segment. Well, she's a smart segment. one out, isn't she, between well, you and her? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, she yeah. carries the team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just the ring in. Uh, so... <laughs> So thanks uh, once again, Cole, mate. It's yep. been a, been an absolute uh, pleasure, mate. Um, thank you to everyone once again for um, the support that we've received. Um, we also want to extend the opportunity as well. Uh, if you have any questions or or anything like that about the either about the funeral industry, about what we do personally. Uh, professionally it's something about the podcast we have got an email address there which will be available on our instagram page our instagram page is deadass underscore podcast Um, please uh, we've also got this um, loaded up to youtube as well at some point um, and that is at um, the deadass podcast Um, so you know give us a, a like and a shout out and a thumbs up and all that sort of shit um, also too, we appreciate the feedback. So if you want to email us through any questions about stuff, we're more than happy to bring them up on future episodes. We might have a segment there where we, um, uh, mention some of the things that you guys have shared with us, the pallbearers. That'd, that'd be um, awesome. Mate, yeah. Get, you know, get, just to get, get, get some, get some yeah, questions, get in. some questions in, get some, yeah. uh, cause there's always a bit of morbid curiosity of there. there People always like to share some stories, yeah. uh, ask some questions, sorry. Um, and we usually, and I love talking about that stuff yeah, same with people, here. especially it, it puts their minds. They, they, yeah, they, of course, gives them because the it's usually the same questions. So it it'd is. be interesting to see. So please, I you know, encourage people to to email us through. So uh, email address is deadasspodcast one at gmail So thank you. Uh, take care, everyone, and uh, we'll see you again. Uh, uh, hopefully next week for the third episode. So cheers. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Cheers, bro. Cheers.